0: to another episode of the Agent Revolution Podcast, a morning edition uh, presented by Mike Wall Live, the place where we deconstruct the biggest challenges facing today's real estate agent so that they can build a sustainable, profitable, and most of all, fulfilling real estate business. I am super stoked today. I've got my friend, Mr. Ulysses Wang, and we are talking NLP. Uh, we are talking about the power of NLP. We're talking about human behavior as it relates to the real estate world. and. Um, I thought this was a really important conversation to have this morning uh, because oftentimes in real estate, um, we feel like we're saying the right things to our clients. We feel like we're doing the right things for them, but we're not always saying them the way they should be said. And so Ulysses this morning is has agreed to come on the show. And uh, by the way, he is a master NLP coach. Um, there is no better play person to learn from than him. And um, so you will get a lot of value. In fact, you may want to watch this one or listen to this one just a couple times. Um, Ulysses, are you ready to get started, man? I'm all ready and super pumped. And first of all, thank you
1: so much, Mike. And for whoever that is watching this right now live with us, uh, good morning, America. And good evening to all my fellow friends over here in Asia, if you're in Asia. (laughs) Okay, so let's get started, Mike.
0: Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm super excited. So real quick, um, one of the things that intrigued me about you when we first met, and by the way, I kind of got to know you a little bit on social media. You do a lot of, uh, of, of great marketing on social media. You're a, an influencer on social media, and that's the way I got introduced to you, and uh, you agreed to come on the show and share your expertise with our audience but tell the, tell the audience a little bit about your past, because that was one of the most intriguing things about you, I think, as I got to know you.
1: Right. Uh, I have a pretty boring uh, past experience, to be honest. And if I could sum up in just a very quick 30 seconds for everybody, is uh, I've graduated from college, uh, stepped into the working world, just like any of uh, my peers. The only difference uh, during the point of time was that most of my peers, they went into the uh, some of the more uh, prestigious industry, they went into uh, the financial industry, they went into insurance, they went into uh, oil and gas, petrochemicals. Uh, I went into something that uh, I, I'm not sure about, um, You know, for other people, for but in Asia context, uh, I'm sure most moms wouldn't be very proud of their son uh, doing this job. So I went into telesales. So uh, I graduated with college. My mom has high hopes for me. Uh, I applied for my first job, which was a sales job. I got into it and I was basically selling stuff over the telephone from uh, nine to six, Monday to Friday. Yeah. So that was uh, uh, pretty much my first job. And I did that job for seven years. And uh, as a matter of fact, that was my first and only job I've done throughout my life. And I did that for seven years. Uh, I thought I knew something. Um, I went into uh, business, started a, a business doing almost pretty much the same thing. And within the first um, eight to nine months, I got pretty quick success. And uh, I thought I knew about business, right? It's like, you know, I was young. uh, I got a great uh, business running. I made some money, good money. And um, during 2015, uh, the oil price crisis came. Um, I think it affected everyone around the world who's in the oil and gas energy sector. And uh, my business at the point of time was pretty much dependent on this sector. So um, almost overnight, a period of like four to five months as the price, oil price came crashing down. My business came crashing down uh, almost instantaneously as well. And what followed over the next few years was really a um, step back into looking at the very core fundamentals of like um, human to human relationship for me. And at a point of time, I was starting a family and there was a lot of pressure with like new apartment, new uh, mortgage loan and, uh, you know, Failed business, uh, keep coming along the way, and uh, what I really realized was that um, none of the technical things in um, our life really matters that much. When I mean technical things, I mean the the um, like the sales process, the technical thing of doing a phone call or things like Facebook ads. You know, all this sort of technical stuff that we learn in our life. Right. So I think the the really core thing I I learned uh, during the past few years. Um, after the business failure, which got me back uh, into the game, was really about going deep down into understanding human behavior. So that's pretty much uh, my journey to now so far.
0: Yeah. You know what's really cool about that? I was just having this conversation with our ISA, Didi, um, yesterday, and I was she, because she was concerned that um, she wasn't getting the number of calls that I expected her to get in. Um, But in reality, she was having better quality conversations. And I I need people to understand that, that it's not so much about getting the calls in. It's really about having good quality conversations that lead to a positive result. And in our industry, that might be an appointment um, to show a house or to list a house. Right. And so I just reassured her that, listen, If you're having good quality conversations, it doesn't matter the number of dials because the results will show up, which is ultimately the most important um, thing anyway. Would you agree with that?
1: I would agree with that because at the end of the day, especially in today's context, um, just to like, you know, backtrack a little bit when I first started my telephone uh, sales career. I mean, if, if I would call that a career. And what's interesting, we were just being made to do like a set of KPIs, like 150 phone calls a day. Uh, we need to reach like 15 decision makers we're doing corporate sales so 15 decision makers and we need to send out info pack about uh to 10 of them at least and need to have uh at least like four to six of them agreeing for us to give them a call back or they will call us back and then we will filter this down to have a specific number of sales uh every month per sales rep so we are trained in that like hardcore uh, numbers game logic but i think in today's world i agree with you mike the quality of the conversation, I would take that any time of the day and that's like that outweighs like the number of doubts that, that you will need to make.
0: Yeah, 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 couldn't agree more. And so you know in today's world, in our real estate market here in, in, in Ohio, um, specifically, we are in a seller's market, okay? And what that means is um, the sellers have all the leverage right now. There's not a lot of inventory, there's high buyer demand. And oftentimes, when a home sells, it sells over the list price and in multiple offers. And so, um, you know, the, the difficult conversation on the buyer side is 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 in getting them to believe the um, you know the brevity of the situation that they're actually in when they've when they've you know found when they've identified a house that they want to live in and move their family in and spend you know. Um, several of of their adult several years of their adult life in this property which is a big decision and ultimately you know what they don't that they may only have one shot at this house right and so then the conversation becomes extremely important in getting them to do what what they not only what you want them to do but what they need to do if they're going to get this house and so in a situation like that Ulysses how would a how would an agent approach that so that they're able to get their point across and that they're able to get the client to do what's in their best interest so that they win the bid on this house? I think that's a really great question,
1: Mike, um, with regards to very specifically to your business, uh, your industry, the real estate business. Um, I think the uh, first of all, uh, a disclaimer for everyone. I'm not in the real estate business, so I've never sold any houses before. Uh, I'm always on the buyer side, but when we actually take uh, a breakdown into like a, a look, a deeper look into like a, a sales process, well, it works whether it's it going to be in real estate or um, any commodity or any products or services consulting, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, anyone is selling. What I feel personally that really matters most is to really have a head start, a very strong head start at... The beginning of the process now um which is something that's going to be very interesting which i have prepared like three broad um concepts um that i drew from um the area of under the study of neuro linguistics programming nlp that i think is going to benefit any sales professionals especially people in the real estate business that will be able to create some leverage for themselves as much as possible in the earlier part of the sales process so that is uh, something that i want to really dive deep into with you, Mike with regards to um, like the point that you have just, just yeah, brought
0: up. I think that's a great idea. And before we actually answer that question um, about that specific sales scenario, tell everybody a little bit about what what NLP stands for and what it is. Well, um, Neuro Linguistics Programming, well, that, that is something,
1: uh, it's a term that's been coined um, around the 1970s. So plus minus is about coming to uh, Fifty years, there about fifty years. So during that point of time, uh, for anybody who wants to actually, um, you know, geek up about NLP, there's a lot of uh, reading materials online. But to really summarize this, is really not a, a specific um, area of study. So most people will have um, mistaken that NLP is actually like like a f- very specialized field of study by itself. Like for example, like uh, marketing or sales or accounting. These are very specialized area. So NLP is really not like an area. In fact, NLP is really taken out from like a series, right, a broad area of proven um, processes, structures, techniques, strategies in many different areas, psychology, human behaviors, therapy, uh, linguistics, uh, strategy in terms of uh, mindset. And it's really taken off from many different areas and being put into like one huge, area which is what is commonly known as neuro linguistics programming so in on a nutshell um i think what most people will really gain the most benefit from is really to look at nlp um in terms of modeling success right so it could be modeling a specific process it could be modeling um a specific um overachiever it could be modeling someone who has achieved something that you have not yet achieved but you are looking forward to achieve so it's really about like modeling things that has already worked. And there are uh, specific steps within it that has been proven again and again by many people around the world that um, is probably the easiest and fastest way to get to a specific result.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, li- I like that a lot. And again, uh, it, it's, it's so impactful in real estate, like I said, because it can be the difference between somebody getting the house that they want and, and, and then having to settle for their second or third pick and learning the hard way, right? And that's why when I I set up this particular scenario, uh, again, you know, being a buyer in our our market today is extremely difficult. And most agents would agree with that, um, that when when you are when you are getting a buyer to commit to making an offer um, in on a specific property that perhaps uh, that, you know, um, three, four, five, ten other buyers may be interested in the impact uh, of the conversation becomes ex- extremely important um, in that they need to understand that if they want to win the bid on this house, that they really ought to do what you say and in that we're coming from a place of experience. And oftentimes, um, you know, real estate agents have difficulty being able to commute that or, 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 um, or communicate that in a way so that the buyer receives it and then and then implements your advice and goes out and wins the bid on that house. So right. you know, talk talk me through that. Like what does that mean? What is that what, what is that that part of the conversation when you're dealing with a buyer that that you know you need them to do um, what 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 it's in their best interest in order to win the bid? How do you how do you start a conversation or what are some of the, the important things you might do um, with or during the conversation with that buyer? Right. Um, Let me just touch on this uh, real quick in terms
1: of like when we are already actually in a conversation with someone, Mm -hmm. right? So we a potential buyer in in this instance that you mentioned. But um, what is more interesting is to really think about what happens before we step into the conversation. But let's just like, you know, touch on the surface real quick about when we are in the conversation itself. So there's really a couple of um. Really interesting things that i think most uh, real estate agents because this is predominantly a very face to face role Mm all right so um this is probably also like the biggest advantage in this particular industry as compared to um online selling telesales or you know many other types of um, sales processes so because of the fact that we get to see a person face to face now, that is like um, the biggest advantage ever, in my opinion. Now, what is a very common mistake of most uh, sales reps will be that they over-focus on themselves because we were taught about like how we should present, how we should look, how we should smile, and what kind of things we should really start off a conversation. Should we start off with a good morning, or should we actually start off with a compliment, or should we just straight away jump into like the meat of the conversation? So, a lot of time, most people are already con- focused on ourselves. Now, let's just take a step back, my, and look at this like two person, just like two imaginary person, person A and person B. Right? It doesn't matter uh, who is the seller or who is the buyer. Just talk about two person. Now, any one of us, including you, including me, including everybody else on this planet, when we got into a, we get into a conversation, the only thing that we really care about is obviously ourselves, right? right? we will never care we will never care so much i mean we will pay attention to there's a difference between paying attention and what we truly care about so that's that's like a huge difference and if we are able to just shift our focus onto the other person and when i mean that i mean very tactically i mean for example what are the words they are using and what kind of gestures they are actually expressing and what kind of like uh, body posture Right. We'll go deep into that because that forms like a huge part of rapport building. But at this point of time, um, we want to take note of like things that is very unconscious, right? Which is what like most people would probably not like pay attention to because we are more concerned with like the conscious part of like um you know, what they are saying, like the words itself. But most of the time um what I would really pay attention to is really the unconscious behavior, which they don't even know that they are exhibiting certain behaviors. Like certain words that they say, certain gestures that they make. An example, as I said, uh, certain body language and certain like uh, movement of them. It all tells us a lot about things about them um, at a the point of time. So, um, what I really recommend for anyone who is in a face-to-face role, it can be sales, it can be anything, right? Just or maybe just basically opening your door in the morning and talking to your neighbors, right? right. And really pay attention to themselves, and that is like the greatest gift, uh, you know. God has given to us the ability to be able to observe and calibrate later on. But we'll move into very tactical things um, later on when we you know, frame out some scenarios. But sure. that, yeah. So one
0: thing you said that really stood out to me, and I hope everybody picked up on this, right. is the fact that um, in real estate, we do have a distinct advantage to be able to be in front of the client. And that's so much more impactful than emailing back and forth or even talking with somebody on the phone back and forth. And I know. I also know in real estate because I'm guilty of this myself. Is that um, while it's easier to email somebody or just call them on the phone, it's also creating a disadvantage for you when you want to go and have a conversation to try to influence a buyer because you know there are certain things that they can't see and and there are certain things that are easier to do, like say no, right? Yeah. Um, over the phone or via email that people oftentimes will not do if you are in person. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. And because of the fact that uh, we are
1: just lowering down the resistance level to say no to us, like what you say, like it's so much easier to just reply via text. No, I'm not interested. Or no, I need to talk to my wife or my husband, my boyfriend or girlfriend or somebody, you know, it's so easy for them to just. Uh, you know, push the rep away. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah.
0: Okay. And and, and so in, in the scenario where you're where you're where where you're at the point to where your buyer's ready to make an offer. Let's say, hey, you know, buyer, you go show a house. Buyer says, I'm going to talk to my my husband about it, and then we're going to call you later. They call you back and they say, hey, you know what? We're interested in this house. This is our number one pick. You then say, great. Let's schedule an appointment to get back together and discuss this as soon as possible, knowing the type of market that we're in, right? And even if you have to go to them um, or schedule an appointment for them to get, come to you, either way, you need to be able to get in front of that person, correct?
1: That's right. I think that is so important for real estate to really be able to like physically present um, like the property, um, right in front of their eyes because, you know, it's not something that we pick up at 7-Eleven. It is something that's big ticket. Uh, For most people, it's a lifetime investment. So yeah, it's it's extremely important
0: to have that. Perfect. And so, okay, so now I've got the appointment. I arrive at the buyer's house. I'm sitting down in front of them. And, you know, the scenario is um, this is a house that's just come on the market. It's priced at $225,000. I know that in this market that houses are selling for at or above listing price. And I approach the buyer and I say, hey, listen, um, here's the type of market we're in. Right. And then I also bring some supporting evidence and I say in your neighborhood in or excuse me, in this neighborhood where your number one pick is um, the last five homes that have sold have sold at or above list price. And here yep. they are, right? Here's option A, B, C, D, E, and, and and so you provide that supporting evidence, and then how? What are some other things? What are some? What are some of the intricacies of that conversation, and how that needs to be approached, um, so that you can get the buyer on the right thinking like you're thinking.
1: Right. I I believe that, I, and I personally uh, practice these day in day to really. Um, push all the focus to as front of any process so in this example we are talking about a sales process mm-hmm. so meeting a potential buyer or even a potential seller that's pretty much at a, at a um, beginning of the process but now if we just think about it from a more larger perspective we are essentially doing one thing we are trying to influence another person or group of people um, towards a certain direction that we will actually um, like them to go towards right yeah. so now, what I would like I would like, uh, excuse me what I would like to do is to I, I often do and also I recommend everybody to do it's very good practice is this very broad level concept of pre-framing so pre-framing essentially is uh, you know like we all judge a, uh, we we' were all told that we don't judge a book by its cover right, right. You know what I'm saying so um well you, you know what that, that is correct and you know what is even more correct Mike is that we always judge a book by its cover essentially <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, it's a human nature right. so in uh, my opinion instead of fighting against human nature which we know you know is is a tough one uh, we would rather like right, go with it and you know take advantage of this very specific human nature of course again for ethical reasons and to really see what we can really um, achieve a win-win situation so a concept of pre-framing essentially is like um what i call the things that we need to do before an activity takes place that gets us to a specific result. Yeah. So let me just um you know, repeat this real quick. So it's the things that we do before a set of activity that gets us to a specific result. So in this case, the set of activity will be to you know to negotiate with either the buyer or seller, and the result is that we want uh, the seller to lease and we want the buyer to buy. All right, so that is the, the specific result. So what most people will do is that they will jump straight into that activity, right? the set of activity, and do everything they can while in that activity to get that result. Well, that is good. That is good. If But what if we are able to already start to nudge or push or influence the stakeholders in this set of activities already moving towards the direction that we want them to? before we even step into this set of activity itself so essentially that area all right what comes before we step into the activity is is called uh, a concept called pre-framing so pre-framing is pretty much powerful because uh, it really frames the you know the other person's uh, mind and already get them to start thinking about a certain direction before we even start to have the first conversation with them face to face now, let's put it into a more tactical level because I think that is going to be the most important thing at the end of the day for, for everybody who is um, you know um, on, on this show, uh, watching it live right now or, or you know, listening to the podcast later on. And to, to put it into a rather uh, much more tactical level, now, think about what needs to be done before you meet that person, right? Specifically, what does that person, now, depending again, whether it's a buyer or seller, now, what does the person need to see hear or feel so that they will start moving towards that direction you want them to go. So for example, if we are going to meet a potential seller, so a person who is potentially uh, have a property, has property and he wants to, he may be thinking about listing. So what is the thing that is going to nudge him or her towards like wanting to lease with us almost immediately? Now, for example, he may need to know that um, the property market right now, um, again, Help me on on this, Mike, because uh, I'm not a real estate professional over here. So I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe the seller will need to know that the market is not doing very well right now, and if he or she doesn't sell right now, it's going to be get it's going to be even worse in the next twelve months or so. For example,
0: yeah,
1: maybe the person needs to know that um, there are a lot of buyers right now and would have a wide variety of choices that gives them pressure. Maybe they need to know that there's going to be some um, unforeseen potential projects coming up ar- around their estate or the neighborhood, which is going to impact negatively on the, on the sale price of, of their property. So, for example, all this. So how can we already put all this right in front of the other person so that they're able to see here or feel this? So when we get into the conversation, look at how powerful this is there. Yeah, mine is already with the frame that, you know,
0: uh, I, I better do this. Yeah. All right. So that is a
1: very broad level concept of pre-framing.
0: Yeah. So essentially what you're saying is you're creating um, urgency, right? And I, what I've always found is that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that emotion drives action. And, always. And, 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 and so in, in a situation where, you know, you... When you talk about preframing, to me, it just it sounds like this: in a scenario where you're trying to get a buyer to make a a really aggressive offer, is you, you're going back and you're you're really tugging at those emotional strings, saying, "Why is it important that you know you find a house? Like, what is driving the move?" And in in sort of pouring salt in the wound, so to speak, of you know, it's not so much about the offer. It's it's more about, you know, why you're making the move and really driving home the point that, you know, we could potentially lose this house if we don't make uh, our best offer. And, and we don't want to lose this house. Why? Because, you know, this is where you and your family are going to spend the next five to 10 years and building, you know, memories and 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 kids uh you know kids' birthdays and and all right. of these things that really drive emotion where the 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 fear of you know maybe the 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 amount of money that's being invested subsides a little bit because the emotion is starting to take over and 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 sort of drive the boat you, you got
1: it right actually Mike because at the end of the day what we are really trying to Really focus on influencing is really not so much of the um, conscious part of our mind. Um, Not so much about like how much is it, what is the price, you know, all this kind of analytical stuff. But what we are really trying to influence uh, at a very um, deep level, on a very deep level, is really the emotions, right? The emotions of like, um, because that drives behaviors, right? right? So, you know, everybody can relate. You know, uh, we do stupid things when uh, we are angry. And we do, we, we make all the best decisions of our life when we are in a calm, peaceful, happy state. But we do all the stupid things in our life when we were um, either we were drunk or we were, like, you know, feeling really angry or frustrated or something. You know, we say all the terrible things in our life. So, emotion is really the thing that we're trying to influence at the end of the day. And pre framing will allow someone to actually influence that part of a person's unconscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. The emotional part. Um, You know, even before we start
0: to um, get in contact with them. Right. And so it's and I I would venture to guess that many agents, uh, many salespeople, for that matter, they leave this part out. Right. And they go right into, hey, what would you like to offer for the house? Right. And at that point, you're kind of dead in the water or you're going to be backtracking for most of the conversation if you don't get the answer you want. Um, and you know, let's say the buyer comes in and they say, "Hey, you know, we're going to offer two hundred thousand on this two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars house," and you know there's other interest, and you know at that point that you've um, you've not done a good job in educating the buyer as to um, the, the the brevity of the situation that they're in. Correct?
1: Yeah, that, that is correct, and it happens with most um, sales rep again. Regardless of uh, face-to-face or tele-sales, retail, online, most people would depend on the actual sales process itself to do its magic. Well, you know what? Sales process works. And I'm sure like most uh, real estate agents out there, they have received some form of training and they have a sales process that has been like, um, you know, delivered results from for their seniors over over the years and they, they just use this sales process, which which is great, by the way. But the the thing to really challenge uh, individuals to really take their game to a whole new level is how can we make this sales process stronger, more effective, and um, less um, uh, energy-consuming? You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Now, what what I feel is that most reputable firms out there, uh, they have done everything they can. Well, not everything they can, like Mostly, most of the things they can in strengthening the sales process already how many calls you should make what is the script that you should be using you know like even down to the details of like what are the you know uh, opening phrases as i said just now right. now the the thing to really improve on is like how can we already start to influence people even before the uh, sales process begin or at least the very initial part of of the sales process um you you quoted a very good example just now when you say when a buyer comes into um, a conversation offering two hundred thousand dollars for two hundred fifty thousand dollars property and you know that that is like we are fighting an uphill battle already because the person has already a fixed number and so what we are trying to do in that situation is really trying to like um negotiate or haggle with the person okay uh, i want 250 you want 200 let's meet somewhere in between or you know kind of things but what we really want to pay attention and focus is before the person even has the $200,000 figure in his mind.
0: Yeah. And I love, because what comes to mind for me is that, you know, really what you want to do or what, what you want to be able to educate the buyer so much in that situation that they arrive at the destination themselves. In other words, you've educated them so well that you go to say, Hey, what would you like to offer? Um, you know, if the house is priced at $225,000, they're saying 240, right? Because (laughs) you've done such a good job educating them as to, um, it during that pre framing process that they know that this market is, um, this, this market is very competitive and we've got to come with our best foot forward, right? So really, I mean, the, the, The overall context of this is educating a buyer, pre-framing it so that they arrive at the result themselves. You're not telling them what to offer, they arrive there themselves. And so it seems like so much of a better idea when it comes from them, right?
1: Exactly. I mean, the best form of answers is always the one that, you know, we derive it ourselves because that is the one that we, without any influence, is our own decision, that's always the best answer.
0: Right. right. And, and, and unbeknownst to them, you've really helped them arrive at that decision because you've done such a good job in the pre framing, setting it up that um, that they felt compelled to say whatever they said uh, because of the information that you provided. So, man, I, you know what? What's so cool about this is, you know, I was in sales. I've been in sales my whole life, man. And like you, right. you're a young kid. You're, you're very eager. Um, you 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 don't care so much about the intricacies or the processes of the sale. You just care yeah. more about the result. And and what right. fails so much as a youngster is you're right. You're just concerned about um, making the sale. You you're really and I I I tell my sales team all about this all the time is you're concerned about getting something from the buyer or, or seller, right? You want a result, and it's you 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 you. And, and if in what I realized as I went through this is there was a paradigm shift, and when I when I had that paradigm shift and I realized it was about them 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 right, I came from a place of giving instead of yeah. trying to get my my sales career totally shifted right and it, and it became infinitely more um, infinitely more impactful when I had conversations and I came from a place of giving versus rece- or uh, versus getting. That's right. I think when
1: anyone who is able to let the other party or the other person feel that like we are giving and they are receiving, that is like half the job done most of the time. Yeah. Right. The, the, the challenge facing most sales professionals is that uh, besides the stigma that consumers has, it's like, oh, I'm meeting a salesperson. He's going to get something from me. right? Oh, yeah. that is something that, that they already have. So, um, we really need to reduce the resistance or minimize it at least so that um, they at least
0: feel that we are there to give and not
1: ask at least at least at the beginning. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. It's a great point, man. And what what most young people like myself back then don't understand is that the person in control of the conversation is the person asking questions. See, oftentimes we think the person talking is the person in control, when in reality, they're just responding to whatever the response was from you know the person they were talking to, and in this case, if you're doing all the talking as the real estate agent, you're just thinking about what you want to try and get across. You're not thinking about them, and so when you're when you're talking about pre framing, it really is a series of good asking good questions and then educating um, to to the direction you want that 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 particular prospect to go. Right. That's right. I think you you and me, we probably come from almost very similar school of
1: uh, thought in terms of uh, our sales career at the beginning part of uh, our life where, uh, like like what you said just now, like the person who is asking questions is the one who is in control. And I remember my sales director would tell me that you need to be in control. You need to ask questions, you know, you need to qualify them, da 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 And I think uh, as, as I move along in my, in my life, I don't know whether is it because of an era shift or, you know, or just because... As we grow older, we, we start to think, you know, a lot differently. That's just not the case. I would, I would take a conversation with anyone today that they do ninety nine percent of the talking. You know, I would just respond accordingly in the one percent. I'll take that conversation anytime
0: right yeah. now today. Agreed, agreed. Right. So, um, kind of going back through some of this. So, the the big advantage obviously is being in front of the client, right? Um, that is so much more impactful than uh, sending an email, certainly, or even being on. On the other end of a telephone um, and, and, and then and, and then pre-framing, right? Emotion drives action, right? Pre-framing, educating uh, to get the buyer to, or seller um, to make the decision that you want them, the, the whole pre-framing part of the process is getting the buyer or seller to make the decision um, that you would have um, typically told them to make, but they're coming to the conclusion on their own, right? Um, is there anything else in the process that we've missed that, that, um, that I haven't you know, been able to speak on?
1: I think there are two things that um, um, is really critical for anyone to take note on, uh, to slur into this entire pre-framing. But before that, I want to give um, everyone some really interesting examples of pre-framings that I've seen. Uh, one of it I use, and, um, and some of it I've seen are people in different industries, but that's just to you know, throw some ideas because um, the concept works, there is no doubt about that, is how we are able to tweak certain um tactical execution with regards to different industry. let me just give you one interesting example um i know a corporate client of mine who's um, having a business meeting to sign a really great deal for for corporate um purchase so they had this meeting at a um hotel right? hotel um lounge so the, the buyer the purchaser which is a client flew in uh, a night before from another state to stay one night at the uh, hotel and have a meeting in the morning, make the decision, sign off, or maybe not sign off, and then he's, he's going to leave uh, the hotel and go back to his office. So right. what the client of mine did, he, he's, a, he's a seller, he's on the seller side, was that he brought he bought excuse me, all the elevator um, advertisement, you know, when we actually enter into um, uh, elevators of um, hotels, and they were, usually have this small little uh, advertising, and he bought all the advertisement in all the elevators in the hotel, and specifically putting out information about his company. And now he doesn't put any other information. He only puts like, his client's testimonial. So you enter, like, for example, elevator A, you will see testimonial A by this vice president of this company saying something good about this company, which is obviously his company. And the buyer that he's supposed to meet will definitely um, catch this because he will probably need to go through the elevator at least Two times before he met um, this this particular um, um, seller, so I thought that was interesting because it really created the f- in a frame of mind of the person that you know uh, people are saying good things about um, the the seller. So I think that is going to be that's so powerful because most of the time we will tell people our testimonials, for example, might look um, this is. Mr. Tan and Mr. S- Mrs. Lim, uh, they are my previous clients. This is what they say about me. So most of the time we do these things, right? Mm-hmm. But if if the buyer is able to see this without you talking about it, I think that is so powerful. That is very powerful. Right. By yourself. And, um, I thought that that is uh really interesting. And to really take this whole pre framing concept and really blow it out for everybody, especially in the real estate uh, business. Um, I think one of the very deep areas of study which uh, has totally like change um, the way I communicate and um, and really take my game of influence to a whole new level is to understand this thing. Well, first of all, it's a very technical term. It's called uh, the primary representational system. Okay, now it doesn't mean anything because first of all, it's a very technical NLP term. Uh, what this really means is that every one of us, we, has, we have a preferred uh, dominant sense that we actually activate unconsciously. We don't even know about it. Uh, that process information we have this preference now let me just ask you a really interesting uh, question mike now if you were to consume a piece of content for example something like um, um, nlp for example right you, i'm going to give you like three choices right uh, choice a um i'm going um, all these choices have the exact same content so first choice is that you are you will be given a book all right so with a book obviously you need to read uh, second is that you will actually be given an MP3 audio file. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a, like a podcast. So it's an audio file for you to listen to. Yeah. And third is a video that you are able that you need to click play and sit there and, and watch it. Right. Now, uh, just you know, on a gut feel, which one would you prefer without any consideration for cost or or other sort of things? Probably the video. You take the video
0: more than likely. Like, okay.
1: Right so so you 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 probably like to consume content uh, through video because you can visually see something maybe at the same time you're you're able to uh, listen to something and so now this is another more interesting question if i'm going to take the video out all right and replace it with a live event all right so a seminar where you need to physically go to a seminar room to listen to the instructor for maybe half a day a day kind of thing again uh no cost consideration needed so which one would you do uh, the book the audio file
0: or the live seminar you know it's so interesting because it re- like if i'm really if if, if i really want to learn about something like if i'm really committed to it i'm probably going to choose the live event but if it's something that you know i'm just curious about and i'm i'm doing i'm doing my research to know if i would want to go to a live event i would probably just consume the podcast or the, the right. audio file.
1: Interesting. Notice how the two scenario you have conveniently uh, omitted the book. Yeah. All right. I mean, it, it, it may not be a book, a tick book. It may, it may just be a 15 pages PDF file, but you have conveniently omitted that. So you now, from that, it gives uh, me a lot of information about you. Now, if I am going to be a, a salesperson, a sales rep, and you are a person. Let's just take, for example, you are a potential property buyer.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, how how is all how are all this information going to be useful for me? First of all, I will never send you a a brochure. Uh, I will send, but that's not going to be my emphasis. Uh, I will not send you a brochure. I will not send you a colorful PDF. All right. That's the first thing I will do. Second of all, I will probably, right, uh, w- would want to meet you up uh, personally to yeah. do this now. Most real estate uh, professionals will argue on the fact that we need to buy property based on actual viewing, right? Now, let me just ask you an honest question, Mike. Have you ever closed any property deals without the buyer visiting the property?
0: Yeah. And that's crazy, right? Yeah. I I bought property myself without ever seeing it. (laughs) <laughs> exactly you see and
1: and you know what you you are talking to um the this person as well right now because i remember when i first bought i bought my first apartment i was overseas and the launch was coming and my uh spouse called me out i said do we want to buy this property because we have been like eyeing for a property that we want to own for a long time and i said okay could you actually go to the show flat and and take a video of it and just let me show it to me and then she did it she popped it to me over on uh, whatsapp I look at the video she sent me some statistics uh how much was the floor area that all these kind of things and then we make a decision there and then on the spot i said let's buy it let's buy it and then I, I remember the morning when we actually queue up uh for our purchase all right the, the the turn for us to actually do the transaction and um i i believe it's pretty similar for apartments for high-rise uh sure. in the parts of the world so the higher you go the more expensive it gets right and the different site where you view is also going to decide the pricing so right. obviously we already, I already know which side I want to face. I want to face this side and not this side, and I know exactly my budget because I have calculated like what is my mortgage, what is the amount of money I can afford, da 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 da, and I just go on to that that replica uh, thing that they have, yeah, and look at this, and look at the big white board they have on the wall, and say I want to go to level six, level seven, level eight, level nine, level ten, uh, level ten. That's out of our budget. Let's go down one more. Level nine, on this side. Okay, I want this unit. And deal was closed. And after that, I asked the uh, sales trap, could I take a, a minute to look at your show flat? And the person said, you know, you mean, sir, you haven't you haven't visited the show flat and you actually bought an apartment? I said, Yeah, that's that's how we buy things. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's so interesting because uh, some people will make decisions based on that. But the, the big question over here, um, I think it's going to bring enormous value for everyone, is how are we able to know? The other person's preferred mode of um, consuming information and processing. Yeah, yeah. So largely we have like four broad categories, just real quick. Um we have the people who are very visually um oriented. Yep. So these people they will see that they like to read books, they like to imagine. Like right? uh, these are the people who typically they can actually buy clothing without physically trying them on. Yeah. So they can go to the online store, look at this shirt, and they can imagine themselves. Like wearing it. So these are the people that, you know, in a conversation, it's really nice to ask them things like, Could you imagine yourself sitting at a balcony looking at the ocean, you know, at sunset every day? Yeah. Best question ever, because they will automatically float their mind to that particular, you know, place on the balcony or the patio. Uh, but for another person, it may not be the case. So there's another kind of people who are very um auditory oriented, which is that they like to listen. So things that sounds like good to them, they become out of like most of the time by sound. They like to consume information, process things like through auditory. But it doesn't mean that they can't see, obviously. It's just that it's an automatic thing that they are more dominant on hearing. And sure. we have the people who are kinesthetic. And I have a gut feel that uh, maybe, maybe might you belong half on the kinesthetic side. Okay, but let me tell you, that was the other. So kinesthetic means that the you know, person who are, um, they are they make decision based more on emotions, which means what things uh, what feels right. Right. So a lot of time we go by uh, you know, things like gut feeling. You know, um, just like you know, in your business, Mike, ha- have you met anyone who make a decision just based purely on gut feeling without even knowing how much mortgage loan they can get, without even bring their spouse to the to the to the property. Have you met such buyers before? Just gut feeling.
0: <laughs> uh man, if if I have, they're few and far between, my friend
1: yeah okay so 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 You're the rare. point is that they're they rare and when we when we meet such people uh we want to capitalize on you know those those sort of things but obviously people who visit you know uh properties they they know they have a certain spending ability already i mean they are they're kind of committed to buy to buy a property uh the, the last one is really um this is the really interesting part uh now in the world of nlp we call this the um the ad Uh, right, as in uh, Alpha Delta, but what it means is auditory digital, Um, what this is is really about this this sort of people, which is quite a fair bit of population um, on on this planet that we live in, by the way, Um, they they talk to themselves a lot. When I mean talk to themselves, it doesn't mean anything bad. What I mean is that they are processing a lot of thoughts all the time. So they are always analysing, is this good or bad? Um, what is the ROI for me? You know, what is the returns? You know, what is the rental yield? Uh, am I able to sell this off in the next three years or five years? And what if I got a kid in the next five years? Would I be able to go? You know, All these kind of things come to their mind when they actually process information. So my bet and my guess is that, Mike, you are, you know, having a kind of split between, well, again, just based on this conversation, all right, um, between the kinesthetic and also the AD, yeah, all right? So, you, do you agree with that? I would, I would absolutely agree with that. All right. And and this is just based on that one question um, um, that, that we just uh, had an example. Like, would you prefer to read a book, a podcast, or you not, know, attend a seminar? And you you mentioned you know very specifically, if you really want to get something you know interesting, something you will go for, you know, the live seminar. So yeah. for for a person like this, if you're able to like capture um, certain cues, the words that they say, um, then that, I think, for the sales profession, the rep, that's going to be so powerful because um, if I want to close to you, my, for example, first of all, I need to meet you. I need you to experience the physical, all right, uh, the emotional part about being at, at a physical location, in this case, a property. I need you to be there. Uh, you know, brochure doesn't work for you, asking you to visualize, you know, you, you, it's okay, but it doesn't really motivate you that much. But I need you to be there and when you are there the next thing that i want to focus on is to really like um, package up the pitch all right in a very analytical way all right so for example so mr wall thank you so much for coming here today to this uh, abc property first of all i want to let you know that this is a 6 year old property yes a rental current rental yield of um, you know 3 3.5% and over the next 10 years we are looking at you know a pro- projective growth of you know so many percent and last month the state government has just announced a new shopping mall is going to be built across um, you know the road, which only means that our rental yield is going to even increase much further at a projected. You know, I'm gonna talk about all these kind of things with you um, and, and focus on that. So I thought that it's like um, something very, very powerful and for
0: anyone to actually pick it up and then. Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. I know I love it. Well, I know we're up against the clock, brother. It's uh, ten fifty. you're in Singapore, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, and I know you're probably um, chomping at the bit to share some more. And quite honestly, I could spend another hour with you here. I think what what people need to know, though, um, Ulysses, is is you have a program actually that dives a little bit deeper or actually probably a lot deeper into the whole NLP mastery thing. Can you talk a little bit about that before we jump off here? Sure. Um, I think um, the, the entire um, study of NLP
1: is uh, so deep and, you know, UM in mind, we can actually talk for days non stop uh, just digging on this topic on how to put it on a very much practical level. For anyone who wants to go really deep uh, at their own pace, um, you know we have a um, self paced home study program, which is um, the NLP Mind Mastery Method program. So uh, you can go to any URL, uh, excuse me, any browser and type in in the URL um, bar nlpmindmasterymethod.com. Okay, so that is NLP and you know there's a uh, a page describing like what the product is, and it is only thirty seven dollars, completely self paced, and it has more than like twelve
0: hours of uh, video and audio content for anyone who wants to dive deeper into. Awesome, and can you drop that into the comments section when we're done, and and just make sure people can get there. Sure. Um, Definitely. Well, Ulysses, again, man, thank you so much. Gosh, I, this has just been an incredible. Conversation, um, I've enjoyed it so much, and again, getting an opportunity to know you and and being able to to you know experience, um, it, you know that before I you know close it, I just, I just what's interesting is a lot of this stuff I've already been doing um, yeah. unconsciously, and I didn't even know it. And it's again, it's it's not that um, it's that I've it's 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 been trial by fire, right? I I, I understand what doesn't work, and I'm getting to know. What does work a little bit better, and um, so it's interesting to, to know I'm on the right path. Um, I, I've so enjoyed meeting you. I've so enjoyed this show. It's probably one of my favorite shows I've done probably this year. Um, but I Thank hope you. people reach out to you. I hope people um, you know want to get to know NLP and and the uh, the impact that can have in in their sales business. Um, I appreciate you, 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 you spending some time with us today. As usual, I love, love, love sharing these stories week after week because I know this show is literally changing agents' financial lives, my own included. Do me a big favor. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to wherever you to listen to podcast and subscribe. Um, don't forget that if you want free Real estate business training. In fact, I've got eight hours worth of free real estate business training over at meet Mike, or excuse me, mikewalllive.com. And if you want to meet with me one-on-one for 30 minutes to talk about your real estate business um, or just ask me questions, um, you can get me at meetmikewall.com. For Ulysses Wang, this is Mike Wall and we are signing off. Ulysses, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. And it's a pleasure to be able to
1: serve you and your audience um, on your show. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.